All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of What What BR. Today we have two guests with us today from the Baton Rouge Ballet. We have Molly and Jana. How are you guys? Great. How are you? I want the weather that we had last week. I want it back. <laughs> <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was absolutely it was. gorgeous. Yes. So, Molly, why don't you kick us off? For anybody who doesn't know, give us a little bit, you know, who you are, what you do over with uh, Baton Rouge Ballet, and then, John, I'll let you do the same. Okay. Okay, well, I am an artistic director along with Sharon Matthews, and we did not found the company, but it was bequeathed to us, I would say, in 1976, and we have been directing it ever since then as artistic directors. Uh, when we started, it was a small one performance a year company, and it has grown enormously now to be a wonderful place for young dancers, older dancers, their families. We have a real family spirit. We do a, a three performance season every year with a visiting guest company and then a, a Nutcracker, which we'll talk about, and then a spring concert, which we'll talk about all of these individually. And this season, these ticket sales help support an organization, which is a nonprofit organization. So I'll, in the early days, I spent my time choreographing, teaching, making costumes and so forth. I spend most of my time now um, raising money, uh, handling the, those sort of things that was not my dream to do when I was a young dancer. But fortunately, we have wonderful people like Jana who have come along to do some of those other things. There we go, kind of segue that one perfectly. So. <laughs> I'm an associate director with Baton Rouge Ballet Theater, and I, uh, I'm also a ballet teacher with Dancers Workshop. Um, so I do some choreographing and directing and just really being a support for what uh, Molly and Sharon want me to do. I'm their, one of their little minions, along with my uh, co-director, Rebecca Acosta. They are much more than minions. <laughs> they are much more than that. We, we really have a wonderful staff with the two of them, as Donna mentioned, with Rebecca as associate artistic directors. We have a wonderful office staff, which is just, it counts for the federal government, it counts as two employees. It's really mm -hmm. one employee and then two part-time employees. Um, everybody else besides everybody else is just contracted and works on a, a contract basis. In addition to that, we have an enormous volunteer base and we could not do everything that we do without these volunteers. Many of them start when they are parents of children in the studio or in the uh, Nutcracker or in a performance. But many of them, some of our most devoted members who eventually become board members, et cetera, um, go on long after they have had children who danced here. And then some, of course, some are people who just want there to be a strong ballet company in Baton Rouge. So they come on board. Right now we have several from outside our close family who are coming on as members of the fundraising committee and on the board of directors. So it, we, are, we are spreading out throughout the community. But what many people don't know is this is the kind of organization you have to have to keep something like this going. You have to have people mm -hmm. We, we, there's no way that a ballet company can charge enough money, a local ballet company can charge enough money for the tickets to pay for 
the things that we produce and the things that we do with these dancers. There's just no way. So this is why the arts, all of the arts, not just us, but the theater companies, the symphonies, the choral groups, everyone is always asking for money because <laughs> we need community support in order to give the community what it needs to be a rich, diverse community. That's, we talked, I talked a lot last year on this podcast show, whatever you want to call it, where there's so many nonprofit groups and nobody, you know, there people don't realize how much, you know, they do. They don't realize, you know, I think we talked about it last year actually with, um, I think it, I think it might've been you guys on the show or something we were talking about the people didn't realize a lot of the groups are nonprofits because it has to be, it's not a, a fiscal model that makes, you know, sense because like you said, you can't go charge, you know, $200 for a ticket, you know, to something and, it just doesn't work that way. And so. you can't have arts groups who only produce things that, you know, that don't, for us, it would be always producing just children's ballets. Yes, we do children's mm -hmm. ballets, but the goal of an arts group is to do, to do diverse, new, sometimes cutting edge things. And if you are always just appealing to the masses to sell a lot of tickets, it's if, if you make all of your decisions based on the bottom line of what will sell the most tickets, you might not necessarily be creating art. You might be, but you might mm -hmm. not be. It's a, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different thing when, when you're doing, let's, let's do this because it's best for the dancers yes, it will cost more for us to do this, but it's best for the dancers or it's best for the community. You're making your decisions what, on what makes the best art for the community, not on what mm -hmm. feeds, just what feeds the bottom line. But at the same time, you have to be very fiscal, fiscally careful. You have to take good care of those donations that you get and make sure you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Yes. So with that, Right out of the gate, you mentioned, you know, we've got three, you know, different performances. One of them is, what is today, 27, so less than 30 days away, right? Right. right. That would be Philadenko? Philadenko, yes. This, and I'll talk about this one and let uh, Jonna talk about the other two. Um, Philadenko <laughs> is a Philadelphia-based quite historic dance company. It's been around for many years and been a big name in the dance world for many years. Um, it, that's the name Philodanko has the exclamation park mark after the exclamation point after it. And that's with good reason because they're known as a very high energy, very dynamic company doing new, interesting, modern choreography. And they're described as having virtuoso physicality. So it's a, you know, it's an inner city company. It's primarily African-American and it's, it does a repertoire that appeals to a more modern aesthetic, a more contemporary aesthetic than just classical ballet. Uh, they came to, as far as I know, they've been to Baton Rouge only once and it was to the Magnolia Auditorium at uh, Baton Rouge Community College. It might've been 10 years ago. And at that time, they let all of their students or many of their students come for free. The house was completely full of students from Baton Rouge Community College who had never seen a dance company like this. And they were amazed. They, it was the most thrilling thing to be in the audience because they were so wrapped and wrapped and they loved it so much. 
it's a different kind of company. And we're very excited to be bringing them to Baton Rouge. And it will be October 17th. There will be two shows at two and at seven at the Manship Center and the Shaw Center for Performing Arts. And, um, you know, we're hoping people will come out and see them. Uh, sounds like, you know, I can't imagine having to, the logistics of bringing all that in. Do they, it's a large group of people. I'm looking on the site now, you know, how big, how many people are you talking about in this usually you think? Well, they're usually, usually the touring companies are 10 to 12 dancers. It's not a gigantic group. Plus, plus there's, they usually bring in a stage manager, a director, uh, a group with them. It was difficult this year. Um, we're so pleased to be partnering with Manship Theater on this uh, production because it helps us both. Um, we each have the mission to want to bring professional art to the city. And this is one of the only, probably this year, the only professional company coming to Baton Rouge. And it's important for Baton Rouge's dancers and Baton Rouge's art lovers to get a chance to see dance at a high professional level. And um, so we're, we're pleased to be partnering with the Manship on it, but it's been hard this year because of COVID. It's been difficult to find rooms for them, but the Manship has a Cracker Jack uh, group down there and they found them, they finally found the rooms. And that it you know, makes it a little more expensive, but we feel that it's part of our mission to continue to find new, varied and exciting dance companies to bring to Baton Rouge. Well, that's, I know my daughter would want to be, she'll probably end up being there somehow. That's her thing. I hope so. so. On a Sunday, uh, and normally, you know, the manship seats so few people that normally we sell more than one production. So they're doing two. And in these days of COVID, we don't know how it will sell, but, you know, we're hopeful. There'll also be uh, some things will be filmed for distribution to, to schools because we had to cancel their school day performance due to field trips being limited, but they are still working together with the manship to put something together to send out to the schools. So we're excited about that. That's awesome. Well, so the next that most people probably know would be the Nutcracker. And you said this is, you know, Jonna knows this one. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try. try. <laughs> <laughs> I have to just say my, my history. I did not grow up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, doing dancing and nutcrackers from the time I was a child all the way through high school. And then um, went to college for ballet where we did not do a nutcracker. And then I danced for a ballet company and we did a different Christmas time ballet. We did not do a nutcracker. And uh, after my professional career got married and we moved here to, to Baton Rouge and I so wanted to dance in a nutcracker again. And so I was just thrilled to walk through the doors of Baton Rouge Ballet Theater and, and be able to perform. Um, boy, that was over 25 years ago. Uh, and, you know, put, strap those pointies on and be in the snow scene and be, be in the waltz of the flowers. It's just the, the music is so beautiful by Tchaikovsky. And um, it's just such a, a lovely, lovely uh, performance to get to be a part of, but also such a great tradition too. John is being modest. She, she, she walked through those doors and we were thrilled. She was a beautiful dancer. And in addition to doing those choral roles that she mentioned, she was a beautiful Azalea fairy 
did you, and what else, you did Spanish? Yes, yeah, Azalea Ferry in Spanish. Yes, she's a beautiful soloist for us and principal dancer. So we were thrilled. That's impressive to say the least. (laughs) So Donna, what's different about this production of Nutcracker from the others that you've seen? From the, well, the, the, um, the setting is a tale from the bayou. So the, the bayou feel, uh, the, the party scene takes place in the, the governor's mansion and uh, the snow scene with Oak Alley and um, being in the land of sweets. And, and I love how um, Drosselmeyer is, comes in in the Piro. <laughs> That's so unique to Louisiana. So when, so when Sharon and I were, were wanting, we did a nut, when we started with the ballet, one of our goals was to have a nutcracker. You have to have that to sort of help support the company. It's the one ballet that will sell to many, many people. And we did several different versions for years, working with other companies until we could, with the help of some wonderful people in Baton Rouge, mount a nutcracker of our own. And we wanted it to be the nutcracker, a tale from the bayou. It is the story of a little Cajun Clara on the bayou, listening to the score of the Nutcracker on an old wind-up gramophone. That was the key to doing it. We, we wanted to do a Louisiana based one, but how could we take that Russian score and make it right? How could we do a Louisiana show with that? And so we have her listening to it. The, the gramophone winds down and winds back up. And then she, her, her, uh, Parrain is reading her the story of the Nutcracker. She falls asleep and she dreams it as only a Louisiana girl would imagine it with the snow in an oak alley, with the party scene in a grand, perhaps a New Orleans mansion, or as John said, the governor's mansion, a grand Louisiana home. Um, and with the uh, Sugar Plum Fairy's castle looking remarkably like the old state capitol. So um, we, and we have the other effects like the, the bayou and um, we, we're really proud that we could put this together and bring Louisiana into it. But it's still a Russian score and it's still based on the traditional Nutcracker story. Yeah, no, and it's, it's a whole lot of work because I had to, my daughter was in it last, two years ago, I guess, wherever it was. And so it was like every weekend, I think we were driving her over for practice and sitting in the lines and <laughs> it, 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 it was a lot to get them to get her where she needed that, to be. And that was just for one part. Imagine us <laughs> taking care of everybody's parts. So you're That's what I can't imagine having to pull all that together and then to have it seamlessly come together is. Well, well you know, we had, fortunately we have people like Jana and so many others who help us. And one of the things that we're most proud of, one of, about 10 years ago, we added the Baton Rouge Symphony to the performance, which brings it up another level. And um, we, you know, people don't understand how much, just, just paying the symphony is a huge thing for us to be able to do. And yet they, we pay mm-hmm. them every year and are very proud to be able to do that. So that when people come, they're seeing not just a beautiful ballet, but they're also hearing a full symphony orchestra, and they are gorgeous. So we're proud of them. So what's the third that we have this year? Is Jana's. And let me me preface what Jana is going to say is our third performance of the year 
sometimes referred to as our spring concert, is sometimes a full-length ballet, and it's sometimes a performance of short work called a mixed bill. John is beautiful, does a wonderful job of choreographing some of those pieces on the mixed bill as well. But this year, it is an original ballet created by Jana and Rebecca, and it's called Rapunzel, and she can tell you all about it. Okay, um, yeah, so back in 2016, Rebecca and I were brainstorming and trying to figure out what, what, some, what can we do for the company, and not just the, the high school, um, college age company, but also uh, for our younger youth ballet so that we could do a full ballet community production. And that, that works best by doing a story ballet. And so we were racking our brains, how can we do a story ballet? And I had a recent, recently had um, choreographed a musical for Christian Youth Theater, Rapunzel. And I thought this would be a fun ballet. Uh, so we put our thinking caps on and started brainstorming. And the summer of 2016, I listened to music all summer long trying to pick out music that would go with the story that we were um, creating together. And, uh, and Rebecca and I figured it out. <laughs> uh, we presented it to Miss Molly and Miss Sharon and um, they of course challenged us and, and uh, we went back to the chopping block and, and figured things out. And, and I think we created a really beautiful, sweet uh, ballet. And who does, of a story. They did a wonderful job. And you know, when you think about classical ballets, you usually think about a fairy tale. You think about Sleeping Beauty or Nutcracker we were just talking about, or Swan Lake, or there, there are many of them, but they're all, many of them are fairy tales. Um, but the work they go, usually those ballets, Tchaikovsky or someone like him choreographed, I mean, uh, composed music for those ballets. And he said, you know, he, if you needed something romantic, he composed it. If you needed something big and dancey, he composed that. The chore to, to cobble together music that fits together, that makes a story work, that is a huge chore. And um, Jana and Rebecca did a wonderful job with that. They, they put together a Rapunzel that the first time we did it was hugely successful. And we know it will even be better as we, get to do it again. We're bringing when, an artist for that, and uh, just as we do for Nutcracker, so we will have some lovely principals in the lead, and um, the whole community mm -hmm. can get involved. So you said we're doing it again, so this is the, how long have you been doing this one? We, we performed Rapunzel back in April of 2017, and um, then kind of put it on the shelf for a little while, and we were ready to pull it back out, and and do it again. And so how long do these last, you know, usually? The show itself, it's, it's about an hour and a half show. Okay. And there's, and a, there's another whole generation of eight-year-olds <laughs> to see it, <laughs> or maybe just a little young last time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these, so if I'm looking over here, we've got Philodanko October 17th, and we've got the Nutcracker December 18th and 19th, and then Rapunzel on the 26th and 27th of March. And this is, right now is the time, especially on the Philodanko because it's limited seating, is grab tickets, but pick up all three while you can. 
Correct. Right. If, <laughs> if you get season tickets, you can get a reduced rate. It is, it is cheaper to get the full season. And we're very good about letting you wait to tell us which um, nutcracker and which Rapunzel you want. So you don't have to, you can, you know, order your tickets and let us know when you can about which particular performance. It's all oh, yeah. good for you because you'll get the best seats. Season ticket holders get um, some of the best seats, but it's good for the organization because you're giving them money up front that helps them get through the year. And then you can pick up the actual Nutcracker doll, which we do every year at the event, right? <laughs> That's right. We do our Baton Rouge Ballet Theater uh, doll, uh, Nutcracker doll that's for sale in the lobby during Nutcracker. And people collect them. They have um, many people sometimes call us after the Nutcracker say, do you have any left? Uh, So-and-so didn't get one. We need them. They're labeled on the bottom with uh, gold seals that commemorate the year. And they've become quite collectible. I know personally firsthand they're in our living room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All year. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anything else that we're missing or that we want to let anybody know? We always want people to know how hard the dancers in the community work. They have class, with Jonna and Rebecca and wonderful teachers. They, these are athletes, are, are athletes in training who work just as hard as the competitive athletes on the football field or the basketball court. They don't get a news program about them on Friday nights. They don't get big headlines in the newspaper, but they work just as hard. They're even more committed because they do this without the hope of ever becoming millionaires from it, just for the mm -hmm. love of doing it and for the love of putting something together that the community can enjoy. We want these mm -hmm. dancers to get at least some of the support that our athletes get. And we encourage everyone mm -hmm. to help us in some way. And we need to find some of the business owners to kind of put a couple perks out there for them. You know, I know find a way, you know, if you can donate, you know, donate, but then also maybe people kind of show, you know, pull their dancer card out. Maybe it can kind of, you know, you get a upsize or a free cheesecake with your dinner or something like that. We'll have to find a way to reward them a little bit. That is a great idea. One year, a, a business uh, gave everyone a massage. Another year, uh, there was a dance movie in town. This was many years ago. And the movie theater gave every dancer uh, a free ticket to the movie. You would have thought they had won the lottery. They're so, so happy to, to be acknowledged in some way. And I would love to see them get more acknowledgement. How many is it that are usually, you know, in these, I guess we talked to Philadelphia with a lot smaller, but, you know, I know the Nutcracker, that's a huge cast, right? Or well, is it not? The cast is huge. The company is about 25 people. The youth ballet is about how many, Donna? Um, about 38. 38. Then mm -hmm. in the Nutcracker, we have community children. So we'll have a hundred or so community children who get to perform. And then we have our adult cast who does the party scene and our about four guest artists who come in to supplement our company. So it's a big cast. We're getting there a lot of people there. Yes. It's a lot of people. A lot of mouths to feed. And, <laughs> and, and not only they, but our crew, our crew of about 22 
come back year after year. We have crew members who you never see them. They never get to come out and have applause, but they are so devoted to the show. And they some of them drive in from out of town to, to work backstage, work the crew. And we couldn't do it without all these wonderful people. Wow, that's amazing. Well, hats off to you guys. I think it's, I've seen it. Like I said, my daughter's done it. It's been, you know, awesome. It's a lot of work. I can see it. The, I've seen firsthand the amount of work that goes involved in putting this together. So hopefully everyone else will start to appreciate it, you know, as well. Hopefully they can show that appreciation and go to get a ticket early, make a donation, help the arts because we do, like you said, the arts are not on, you know, we don't have arts on sports center and it's not on the, there's not a section of the paper for it, I guess. Um, but it's done by people who love their craft just as much as, you know, these athletes do as well. So I thank you guys. We will entertain you. Come see us. Absolutely. Well, I always tell everybody you got more important things to do than talk to me all day. So <laughs> you mentioned fundraising duties and teaching people and lining everything up. So I will let you guys get back to it, but we'd love to have you come back, tell us, you know, kind of how things are going. And as we get a little closer, you know, on some of these other shows, you know, we'd love to have you come back and tell us about it, you know, get the story and kind of get, remind everybody that's half the battle is getting people to remember because we talk about something that's happening in March right now they're going to forget beforehand unless they go right now. So go now, grab tickets, then you'll remember. But if not, we'll have you guys back on and talk about it as we get closer. Thank you so much, Brandon. We really appreciate this. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, y'all have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.